if he's going to be that, he, you know what? I'm going to save that insight for, for the show. Oh, I'm do gonna, it. Do I'm going to yeah, save it, must. save her for the show. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what else I'm saving for the show? What's that? Hey there, everybody. <laughs> you, you know what else I'm saving for the show? The show. <laughs> the show. That's like a recursive start right there. Uh, welcome to Pixel It. I'm not sure that loop ever ends, actually. No, no um, that's the repeat uh, symbol over the number. You've really, I've, I've really broken that Factorio loop right there. Um, my name is Kevin. Alongside with me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And we're back. We're back, baby. Baby. To talk about Five Nights at Freddy's The Silver Eyes. Well, this yes. is our second episode on it. Two and, episodes uh, in, and it still hasn't broken us yet. It still hasn't broken us yet. Actually, it might be getting better. It is getting better. This is. It is getting better. That's weird. weird. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, episode one. Uh, I mean, we we could recap episode one, but you might just watch Phil have a stroke. <laughs> Look, a lot of things happen. These kids get together. We learn almost nothing about them. Uh, we find out that the main character Charlie. Her dad is a robot maker slash owner of Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, where a bunch of kids went missing. They've been very coy with that information, however. Uh, they've been dragging it out uh, quite a bit. And uh, when we left off, our main character was crashing with uh, another female character to talk about boys. Ooh, so, boys. as you can imagine, Kevin and I... Pretty pumped right now. Pretty pumped. Because we want to hear um, all about the boys. Yeah, all about the boys. About uh, the boys. Chapter five, though, um, basically they all stay in the motel uh, mm-hmm. overnight. And um, chapter five, uh, we, Charlie is, she's going outside and she's she's just going to have a pensive, she's going to have a pensive sunrise. And then out comes John. She, she's uh, having her little Tatooine moment. <laughs> she's having her little Tatooine moment. She has to go look at the at the 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 twin sunrises and yes. sip her coffee. <laughs> um, but no, John comes out to uh, to comfort her. I guess yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He's yeah. She accidentally stepped on him basically while she was leaving. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so that accidentally, so yeah, I mean, we got, we got some, uh, we got some John on, uh, on Charlie action. Uh, that sounded wrong. Uh, we got some John action. Um, John, that's also not good. What are you doing? Um, we got some John, uh, fucking sorry. No, uh, that's also got, wrong. Uh, no, um, look, what he's trying to say is uh, uh, John uh, comforts Charlie. Char- Charlie stepped on John and he liked it. No, he uh, liked it. He said, step on me, mommy. Step on me, mommy. Oh, God damn Shit. it. This is, this is, this is all wrong. This is not working. All right, let's anyway, just go ahead and uh, quit the show. <laughs> they beat us John again. goes outside to talk to Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> And then they go for a walk in the woods. Um, And this entire walk in the woods is basically Charlie starting to reminisce about her life before they moved into the big creepy house because uh, she has memories from the before time. Um, And she starts to kind of dig through and John is over there on the sidelines like, yes, remember harder. He Uh, really is. 
this. He's playing <laughs> Phantom of the Opera, like, sing my angel of music. Like, just, sing my angel of music. That's He's just like, do it. Remember, bitch. I'm your boyfriend now. What? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Softly, slowly. <laughs> Night unfurls its splendor. Um, so John that's is. The show. <laughs> that's the rest of the show. Um, John, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do the phantom parts uh, back to back from now on. Um, so John's pushing her to remember more, and she she remembers that she had there was another restaurant before the pizzeria. Yes. And that there the costumes, there were people in costumes like mascots in the restaurant, like entertaining, singing and dancing uh, for the customers. Mm-hmm. And one was a yellow bear. The other was a yellow bunny. And she also remembers that uh, she had a twin brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that, little, that, that, not little that she remembers that she, she didn't doesn't necessarily remember that she had a twin brother. She always knew she had a twin brother, but it never she never actually said it to anyone um, because the way she always thought of it in her mind was that uh, she was me or he was <laughs> right. me. He was us like we were we or something like she is. It was some weird like second person. Like, yeah. We were the same person type of thing. Right. Um, right. And then it's he's like, weird and John thing. is like, basically, John is the Walter White, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Uh, gif. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and pretty Charlie's much. like, oh, I had a twin brother. <laughs> yeah. You had what? It's like, this just, nothing about this feels normal to have just kind of glossed over at this point. But right. at least things are happening. Things so, are happening. Cool. You're good with me. Yeah. So they decide, um, Charlie remembers the song that her parents used to sing and it referenced the name of the town possibly that this restaurant was in. And John's like, well, that town's just like the next one over. So they hop in the car and mm-hmm. they, they go for a ride and they're, they're, in, they're trying to figure out that it's near train tracks and there was a scary ass tree and it's looking like they're not going to find it. And then suddenly Charlie's like, stop the car. And she gets out of the car and she starts running off in a direction and John parks the car and follows her. Um, and it's a real dynamic moment. But also, if you're if you're a, a starting out writer, it's 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 kind of cliche at this point oh, because yeah. she could have just been like turn here rather than getting out of the car. Oh, she she had to have her like. Uh, 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 you know, you have no power over me. I've come from the land of the Goblin King in her white dress yeah. running through the rain moment. And yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of a weird choice, but it happens. Yeah. Uh, but there is no David Bowie in this. Uh... That's the main <laughs> issue with all of the books we've read so far, <laughs> that they lack David Bowie. That's they the lack reason, David Bowie. That's the reason we haven't hit a single A plus yet, because... You lack David Bowie. I find your lack of David Bowie disturbing books. <laughs> God damn it. Your lack of David Bowie is disturbing. <laughs> That's what we need, man. That's the only Do thing it. that was the only thing that could have made like the fall of reach better. If you could just get get, get Bowie get, somewhere in the covenant. Because you know, get him he's in the there, covenant. you know? Mm-hmm. 
you know, he's he's uh, R.I.P. David Bowie, but Ugh. he he still would have improved anything. anything. Um, so. Uh, she runs through the woods and she finds it. They, she, she has some, some proto memories are, are triggering now and they're, they're firing on all cylinders and she remembers how to get there. And they find it, it is a dilapidated boarded up building and it has a sign on there. It says Fred Bear's Family Diner. There it is. Um, which I believe is significant for people who are interested in f- uh, FNAF lore. I am yeah. not, so I'm moving right along. <laughs> and, Good man. They go in there, and she starts to have a few more memories, and then she remembers that her brother was kidnapped by a man wearing the yellow, uh, yellow bunny costume. Yeah, the yellow bunny costume, which because we we talked about this before. I I, I am always thinking we're, we're referencing Golden Freddy, which was a significant lore part of the first Five Nights at Freddy's. But right. we're going with a Golden Bonnie here. Yeah, it's a Golden is, Bonnie. Is that which is different? Three? I don't remember. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I, I I don't know. It gets it. They all kind of blur together in my head sure uh, the golden freddy costume is referenced in some in, at some point in these chapters yeah. uh because it was two two mascots it was golden fred the golden freddy and the golden body but yeah. they had people in them uh in the costumes for the most part yeah um also in this chapter, I forgot to mention they have they have a little getting to know you segment where John talks about the story that he wrote that got published. Um, yes, we get a little a little uh, synopsis of his Bukowski s scrawlings. Yeah, and yeah, and you're it's not called wrong. The Yellow, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's called the Yellow House. Um, and I, given that this is a horror story, whenever somebody brings up yellow. Um, I always go to like, all right, are they, are they making like a king in yellow? Naturally, sure. Uh, reference or connection. Um, I don't see it. I don't think no, so. not here. Not in any, here. In, in, in any fashion. You're, you're, you're um, right to assume that with just about any other story. <laughs> you're absolutely right to assume that. But I, yeah, I don't think that's what we're dealing with I don't with think, here. I don't think it applies here. No. Um, so yeah, they they talk a little bit more about um, about what uh, the story is about. Uh, it's a it's a little bit of a bummer. He says he's writing a happy story next, but he's being really coy about it. Um, and we get to know Charlie a little bit more, and we find out that she really doesn't see her mom at all. Um, no, and this is kind of like the really the first time we hear that. Oh yeah, her mom is still around. Right. This is the only. This is like the first even reference point to her uh, that we get. Like it's just been her dad the whole time, with not even mm-hmm. so much as a mention of that she had a mother. So yeah. right. Um. Yeah. So she doesn't. She doesn't really talk to her mom um, because uh, there's some shared trauma there that kind of prevents them from connecting. Right. Um, which I get. That's a that's a that's a thing. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. That's interesting. Fine. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting factoid. Um, so jumping back ahead, uh, chapter six. Um, we go to the hotel. 
we go to dinner. Uh, nothing important happens. Nothing happens. Um, I started to get like PTSD where I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) You started to offer us actual stuff. Stop this. Why is it every time they have a meal, we have to count the chews? Like, what the fuck? Thankfully, it's really brief. Thankfully, it's like, it's like a page and it's like a half a page and it's like, then they're back of the ball and be like, okay. Right. Um, Fine. (laughs) They make a, a, a point to say that Charlie leaves the uh the police flashlight behind mm. there's no real reason given other than she's like oh everybody else has a regular size flashlight I'm like what <laughs> why wouldn't you bring the yeah, we, we have enough we have enough we, flashlights i think we're good it's like god just bring the flashlight I, I in in a in a horror if you find yourself in a horror story you don't have enough flashlights. No, you don't. You never have enough flashlights. If, if you're if you are investigating an abandoned mall, you do not have enough flashlights, especially ones that can be used as a club. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I I am going to next time I play a horror uh role-playing game, uh I'm going to request that I have a suit of armor <laughs> made out of nothing but LED strips. Yeah, that would that would help. That would be good. Just glowing, just glowing yeah. through the rooms, just waddling. You know. Full, you can see death as it approaches. Yeah, I don't want that guy jump scaring me. If I could see him coming down the hallway, I'm fine. There's I no don't scare. want to like no, no jump. Like no okay, scare. I see you're gonna kill me, but at yeah. least I see it coming for me. Exactly because I'm waddling, so I can't. Because I am like the kid from Christmas Story when right. he's wearing the. That's just the snowsuit. If wrapped in LEDs. I can't put my arms down. (laughs) I can't put my arms down and I'm about to die. (laughs) Terrible Uh, twist. (laughs) Terrible, terrible twist. Um, Yeah, so, but they go into the mall and wouldn't you know it, the security guard has finally (laughs) caught on to that. He's finally doing his goddamn job. I honestly thought we were going to have like this kind of like the security guard is just a a, a figure in the distance that we couldn't afford an extra uh, or something like that. And I I honest to God thought that's where we were going with this. The the security guard actually is the uh, green light. Uh, that is on Daisy Buchanan's dock. <laughs> exactly. The yes. orgastic green light across the across the water. <laughs> he's, he's our he's a desk cop sergeant metaphor. Sergeant so. metaphor. <laughs> uh, we sergeant metaphor him, West End PD. <laughs> God. But yeah, oh. we actually see. The, the 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 security guard god forbid security guard and somebody. he is a he is a creepy dude mm-hmm. uh he does he's like thin and sickly looking and he barely fills out his his rent a cop uniform um and they're like uh sorry we'll just go and he's like wait a minute <laughs> yeah i don't think i'm going to let you guys go and they're like well I how about know. we take you how about we take you into freddy's wouldn't didn't you always want to take a look inside there? He's like, I guess you're right. I what the fuck? Like they literally like offered like yeah, but you could. All right, here's the thing, dude. 
you could kick us out or you could escort us through an abandoned showbiz pizza. Huh? Yeah. And? Huh? So he takes them up on their offer so, and yeah, they go inside. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that happens in this chapter. Uh, it's not like, but it could be summed up in a few bullet points, right? So yeah. they're going through, and um, they the the cop, uh, not the cop, the security guard goes back behind yeah, the stage. Let, yeah, let's and let's be very clear on the distinction. Here. He's not a cop. <laughs> he's not a cop. Not a cop. <laughs> not a cop. You know, fucking cop. He's no fucking cop. (laughs) (laughs) Departed reference number (laughs) 12,000. We're getting up there. It's it's neck and neck with 40K. I have to believe that. It's, 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 yeah. I think the supercut, the eventual supercut will have to just be, uh, be the departed ends and 40K. Pretty much. uh, References back to back. (laughs) Um, So, uh, he's not a cop, goes back stage to the control room with a few. Uh, here's the thing. It doesn't really matter which characters, because I, I, I didn't even write down which characters were in. There's only like two characters that actually matter in this sequence. Right. Um, right. Ultimately. And those are going to be Jason and Carlton. Yeah. All the other ones are kind of like interchangeable. Uh, in terms of what they're doing. So, you know, yeah. the, the rented cop is backstage. He's futzing around. It seems like he's actually been in the building before, even though he just said he's, he hasn't been. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get a, you get a real sense of the, the like, Oh, he's, he's, there's a reason he went with this, that he's, he's like, yeah, of course I'll go back there with you for evil. You know, like, oh, for, good, good. Evil. for evil purposes. So he's just messing around and then um, he leaves and then Lamar is back there, I think. And they're they're fucking about. And uh, the uh, the animatronics start losing their shit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They're like swinging their arms around. The body actually is able to rip its foot off the ground uh, where it's uh, kind of nailed down. Um, So. Shit's happening. Then and, and the guy, uh, Dave, I believe his name is the yeah. security guard. Uh, he goes toward he leaves. Um does Which not is, leave, I leave. think the name of the security guard in the first five nights at Freddy's. Is it? I, I believe Or is it Mike? Is it Mike? Hold on. I don't Hold know. Right, we keep going. I'm gonna look it up. Um, so he goes, Dave goes back and he sneaks into the office cause he has a key for the office. The office, there's, there's a, there's a moment where in the, one of the earlier chapters where Charlie's like, yeah, I don't want to go into there. Um, <laughs> yeah. basically like a point and click character, uh, refusing the command that you give them. Uh, Charlie's like, no, I am not going in there. Uh, Dave basically goes <laughs> and opens it, opens it up and he opens a locker in the office and finds, wouldn't you know it? There's a, there's a yellow, uh, Bonnie costume hanging in the locker. Uh, so that's terrifying. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, <laughs> Jason, uh, goes back to the room where he saw the drawings, the weird drawings and, um, he's like staring at them because he saw the one change. And as he's staring at them, like in the periphery, in his periphery, out of the corner of his eyes, he starts seeing 
them change around him. And as he's looking around, they all start changing and telling a story of uh, a kid uh, running away from Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's a genuinely creepy moment. Yeah. And the, the suddenly like shifts are, are the drawings scary. start changing on the walls. And then the, the papers like fly off the walls and start crashing down on him. And they're like, they, as they hit the ground, they turn blood red. Um, and he's covering his head. He's like, ah, and, and his sister comes in and this is like the most fucked up thing in the book so far. Uh, his sister comes in and and he is legitimately frightened. Mm-hmm. And the sister comes in and leans over to him and says, you are an embarrassment to me. What? And leaves him. Fuck. What? I was like, fuck you. I thought you wanted to like shield him from the fucked up shit. Your parents we literally were like two chapters ago had her like going. He's really great. And I love him. I'm trying to help him along with this divorce thing. And da, 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 da. But you should kill yourself. You little fucking freak. I was like, what the what fuck? The fuck. <laughs> I had to pause for a moment. <laughs> yeah. I had to pause for a moment because I was like, was that a, was that the, was he imagining Marla coming in and saying that to him? Yeah. Or did Marla yeah. actually come in and say that to him? Yeah. Is it go- some ghost shit happening or what? What's going I, on here? I have to believe it's some kind of, that, that's the only thing that, because if it's not, then we are really playing fast and loose with the motivations <laughs> of these characters. <coughs> yeah. I mean, he could have gotten that kind of shit at home with his right. arguing parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why'd that, you bring that, him that along? That train's never late. That's coming. <laughs> <laughs> They're about. They're eventually going to turn their anger and frustration on him. That's happening. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't need it from his sister. Jesus. So, um, they they're moving around the rooms, and Jason is in the room with uh, Foxy now. The uh, and uh, he's basically he's looking at the 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 curtain, and the curtain pulls open, and the yellow Bonnie comes out. And he's like, he's startled and he's scared about it. And Carlton comes in mm-hmm. and Carlton's like, yo, what the fuck, man? And like puts Jason behind him and the yellow Bonnie uh, grabs Carlton and puts him in like a headlock and drags him into the darkness. Yeah. And Jason's like, we got to get at like what's going on here? Blah, blah, blah. They all they're all freaking out. Everybody's running in circles and they all leave. <laughs> yeah. They, they, do, now, they do the most understandable thing in the book. They leave. They leave. <laughs> um, they all get out, and uh, Jason keeps repeating that Carlton was taken by Bonnie. Yes. Over and over again. And uh, the, nobody believes him. They're like, ah, you're a dumb kid, but Carlton <laughs> is missing. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and yet, and yet, Carlton is not here. Yeah. <laughs> and yet Carlton is not here. Neither is the other dude. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so and you're right. Mm, by the way, Mike is the person you play in the Mike. Is, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pulled that one out of ether. Um, <laughs> so they do the responsible thing, and they're like, "Let's go get an adult." Yeah. 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 This is, <laughs> by the way, this is fascinating to me. Because this starts the first section in the book, the first moment in the book, and it continues from here, but this is where it starts, of 
them finally coming clean and admitting that they are not, in fact, old enough to even vote. Like these yep. <laughs> these characters, we were saying, are these these are just unsupervised children, and we're not going to talk about this? No. Finally, a hundred and seventy goddamn pages into this book, one of them goes, "Maybe we need an adult." And you Maybe go, oh, now you're thinking this. Jesus Christ. Where are your parents? I swear. So, so uh, the the adult that they 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 hone in on at first is Carlton's dad. Yes. Um, so they're so we're we're jumping into the next chapter now. They're driving back into town. And instead of going to uh, Carlton's parents right away, they just, they see a cop. And the first cop they see, they're like, okay, let's just grab him. Yeah. Um, and they try to convince this guy, Officer Dunn, that Carlton is missing. Their friend is missing. They don't really say who he is yet. Their friend is missing. He's back at the mall, blah, blah, blah. The, the cop's like, all right, fine, I'll fucking check it out. Um, and the cop is 100% certain that they're just fucking with him sure um so they go back to the mall and now there are chains and padlocks on the door where freddy to get into freddy's and the guy's like what are you doing yeah and they're like no no seriously it's and finally they tell him like it's carlton uh whatever his name is um i forget his last name it's yeah it's it's carlton so-and-so and the a uh, cop is like, oh, God damn it. Because he puts it together that it is uh, it is the son of his boss. Carlton's yeah. dad is the chief of police. Um, so they uh, they go back outside. Um, Carlton's dad comes at, comes out to the mall and he's like this. Basically, um, Carlton's dad is a is the most useless human being on the planet. It's so weird. Like if it weren't for the fact that we are reading a book where a lot of the adults, and it is effective when you think about it, when you're dealing with main characters who are essentially children, not essentially, they are indeed children. uh, Right. It is a time honored horror trope that the adults are scary and strange and do things that you don't understand. But even for that kind of a trope, Carlton's dad it displays a level of weird suspiciousness that <laughs> defies <Yeah>. logic. <laughs> it just this whole section is so weird and it doesn't get it doesn't normalize itself at all until the next morning. So so Carlton's, go ahead. Just- Carlton's dad, uh Clay, by the way, I think his name is Clay. Um, mm-hmm. Clay. Bill. Clay. Um, uh, um, Carlton's dad basically has the um, he has the energy of the evil adult in an R.L. Stein book. Yes. I was going to say, are you afraid of the dark? But absolutely. Same energy. 100 percent. Some kind of weird ass Canadian, uh, uh, you know, horror children's anthology series. Yes. Um, he gets out there and he's like, oh, this has to just be a prank. Carlton's always playing pranks. 
Uh, he's probably going to pop out of the bushes at any second. In fact, maybe he will right now. And like nothing happens. He's like, <laughs> and the camera, ah. camera scrolls over to a bush and nothing happens. <laughs> and the ca- five minutes pass and the cameras Pans come back. back to everybody else. And they go, well, it was worth a shot. <laughs> it was worth a shot. Hey, why don't you kids come back to my house? Um, oh, God. And they, and they do. do it. The fucking idiots. Oh, my God. They do. Oh, God. Um, they go back to the, the Carlton's house um, and they basically uh, they are telling Clay everything, right? Um, and there's some interesting tense moments between Clay and Charlie because yeah. um, and we don't we're not going to find out right we're not going to find out yet, but Clay has some some thoughts about Charlie's uh, family, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it, there's some weird moments of tension, um, but Clay is 100% sure it's going to be uh, A-OK. Why don't you kids go go stay in the guest room? And, and, this, and this is actually the section of the book for me that I started to kind of, I found fascinating. In a way, because as we very vocally complained about the first 140 pages of this book, we learn basically nothing about anyone except for Charlotte. And uh, and and we're like, where's not there's no development with these characters. We don't know a thing about these people. And this is actually the moment because he's explaining to them, Clayton, like. He's kind of a he became kind of a bad seed like he's he when he got into high school, he became he he started pretending that he had a twin. And oh, God, yeah, that was so messed up. It was, was really like, I was as a like, Carlton is an absolute psychopath. He, yeah. <laughs> the, the description he's like, yeah, he he pretends to be a twin and he pret- and I and I'm also not trusting Clay. So I don't know how much I can believe this. But what happens is. Charlie starts thinking about it and she says, you know, we've all been apart from each other so long. I actually don't know anything about these people and I haven't learned anything about these people. And I started to go, is the author fucking with me? Like, (laughs) is this, is this like, is this the purpose? Am I, am am, am I being fucked with like emotionally here? Because it's like, all we did was sit there and like for 120 pages, nothing, not a thing, not a character development. What the shit? And then like 200 pages in, they're like, yeah, and you don't know anything about them either. Do you, pawn scum? And you're like, I don't like your attitude. Uh, what's going on? And I was like, is this a, is, did, did you just, did you just do a setup and a payoff? On right. <laughs> a really, it was a really risky setup, but this, right. if, if this is an, a, a legitimate payoff, it's a big one. <laughs> it's a big one. And I'm just like, I, it, this book is actually starting to get pretty okay. Like I'm not calling it good yet because I need to read the whole thing. But, but I feel fucked with. <laughs> I feel fucked with, and it's above Dead Space, at least. Oh, it is 100%. Yeah, it's above basically all the graphic novels we've read. 
and Dead Space. Like we're we're in we're in solid three star territory here. Just yeah, just pulling um, that 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 jet to freedom. So just to just to circle back to the thing Carlton did, because I, I wanted to, I want to dive a little bit into it because it is is one of the most uh, creepy things I've heard uh like described talked about secondhand in a horror story that's not intended to be scary so uh-huh. carlton basically he's been growing up he's been getting more and more into these practical jokes and then he got transferred to a different high school uh and it's a high school from out of town where they didn't know him yeah and he pretended for the first month of the school year that he had an identical twin named Sean. And he kept everybody fooled for an entire month. The thing gets messed up when Sean had a girlfriend. Keeping in mind that Sean is Carlton. Yeah. Carlton did not have the girlfriend. Sean did. So when it came out that he was just one person, he... The relationship obviously ended because he's not Sean. He was just pretending to be this other person and dating this girl. And I was like, that is <coughs> supremely fucked up. Absolutely. And honestly. That's scarier than any fucking animatronic bullshit we could be dealing like, with in this book. Honestly, that's like, um, and, and content warning here, if you want to skip ahead a little bit, um, Honestly, that would if they if they had relations and all that. I mean, that's that's sexual assault. Yeah, absolutely, um, it is. Yeah, because it's it's it becomes a a, a it, there's a really weird murky consent issue that suddenly becomes very present. Now, yep. none of that is actually stated in no. <laughs> in the story. This is a young adult. No- this is a young that. adult yeah. novel. But like, assume that these characters are doing stuff like that because they're seventeen years they're old. Seventeen, yeah. So, like, I don't, and here's the thing. I'm not sure, uh, 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 what's her name? Kira, um, uh, Breed, uh, Reesley. Kira, Breed, Scott Reesley, Ca- yeah. Yeah, and Scott Cawthon necessarily did a full thought experiment. No. Uh, no. In, terms, in terms of what this meant. No. Um. No. I don't think they. I don't Beyond, think they followed this road all the way down to the end. Yeah, it's the, the the logical conclusion of this road is is very very dark. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. Uh, so that whole thing was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and, but we still also have that the, the this clay guy is supremely. Uh, 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 unreliable uh we don't know he feels an, like an unreliable him. narrator at the very same time very much so so this might be bullshit too i don't uh, yeah. you know i don't it, but yeah this whole section with clay is way creepier uh than any of the ah oh, there's a stuffed bear coming to get you shit like this is actual dark half shit this is it's very very grim hey you know what uh really? humans wouldn't you know it um but 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 humans just throwing this out there Mm, go on humans might be the real monsters (gasps) we're the walking dead we what we're we are we are the yeah we are the five nights of freddy's 
We, <laughs> we are the we are the five. We are the silver eyes. <laughs> we are the silver eyes. We are the oh. five knights. The five knights spelled K I K N I. We are the five knights of Frederick. The five knights of Frederick. Behold. Behold my, the five my knights. My halberd of, of jump scares. <laughs> 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 oh gone. god that would actually be a that would be a fun reference uh to sneak into like a into like a Baldur's gate type of game oh or whatever god, yes like a yes. king there's like a king frederick and he has five knights and each the of the knight has like a sigil like a, one is a sigil as a bear right as a, as a chicken yeah <laughs> brave sir robin <laughs> that would be good that would be good Oh gosh. Um anyway, that's uh, uh that all happens and they go to bed. Um <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. They go to bed. It's fine. It's fine. They go to bed fine, and um so the next morning, oh by the way, there's a big dream sequence where Charlie kind of started seeming like she she's unearthing some shit. Um she has a dream sequence about her dad in uh in the old house and some creepy ass animatronic basically stalking her right. um in in their old house um the next morning they're they're eating breakfast and clay is is just like hey everybody it's pancakes and like is carlton <laughs> back and he's like he's like nah <laughs> it's so weird it's so weird. <laughs> Who likes pancakes? And fucking Marla comes in and is like, I like pancakes, bitch. And he's like, cool, flips him a pancake. And we're all just fine, fine. fine. Nothing's happened. And, and <laughs> then uh, Carlton's mother comes yes. downstairs and she's all dressed and ready to work, go to work. By the way, there's a, there's a weird there's a weird line in here and I don't I might not be able to. Uh, you talking about her right. hair? Because I, I, I can't stop thinking. No, about I was thinking about the moment where, because she's the, it says that she's the district attorney. Yes, um, for the county. We're we're in chapter eight, by the way. Um, yes, chapter eight. She's the she's the district attorney. Betty is the DA for the county. Yeah. So yeah, they say Betty is the DA, but she did she wouldn't be one of one putting them back out on the streets. She'd be the one that. That right. puts him in jail. Right. Um, I think, yeah. Maybe they mixed up. Maybe she's the um, uh, public defender. Maybe they thought that she's a public DA defender was, or something. Yeah. Was public don't... defender because that's yeah. what. Yeah. I don't Anyway, choice. I highlighted that because I was just like, yeah, that's weird. Um, but basically, uh, she hasn't heard any of uh, any of it. Um, she was asleep when they all came in last night and they're yeah. just like, Oh, we're not going to, we're not going to bother her. Right. And, and, uh, basically they tell her, um, they tell her what happened. And she's like, she finally is the first adult to have a, an appropriate reaction. Oh my God. And, <laughs> She loses her mind and she's like, you didn't fucking wake me up. Our fucking son could be stuck in that restaurant where all those kids died. What the fuck is wrong with you? And like, 
And by the way, I don't appreciate the fact that we've treated her like an ice queen this entire time. The description of her is like her hair shellacked down and she's very cold and very just, and she's just like this cold ice queen yeah. bitch kind of a character. And then she does the only sane thing anyone has done for a hundred pages. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? You just, you, you just, like, you let me sleep. Like what the you fuck? Yeah. You didn't go in there to look. Right. You left him. You you possibly left him there, and she. He's like, well, you know, he's a prankster. You're like, like, and she she goes, Michael was his best friend, and like that's he got t- like Carlton as fucked up as he is would not desecrate that. Mm-hmm. Would not do that. Would not use Freddy's as a prank. Right. And she's like, you go out there and you fucking find our son. And he's like, oh, okay, awesome. Okay. Whoa, I was whoa, just whoa. trying to be the cool dad. Like, I was cool dad. Um, cool dad, don't care. We have, we're having pancakes. Uh, we're having pancakes. My son's getting murdered. Yeah. Uh, murder cakes. <laughs> murder cakes. And Marla's like, murder cakes, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> She was that that's that's also hilarious. Like after every everything is so weird right now and Marla is so pumped about those fucking pancakes. It is weird. It's really weird. So uh basically the the police officer from the night before, Officer Dunn, he gets from a call from dispatch, go out, go check out the mall. And he does. He's like, all right, fine. Uh he goes out and he, now the doors open again. The, the padlocks have been have been opened up. The chains are are all uh, undone and all that stuff. And he starts going uh, into Freddy's. He's looking around. He's he's sneaking around. And meanwhile, we find out Dunn is actually Officer Dunn is actually pretty young. He's mm-hmm. he's early 20s. Maybe he's only a few years older than the kids. Yeah. Um, and he remembers going to Fre- Freddy's as a as a kid. Um, so it's it's he's all he's a little creeped out by yeah. by going through this place. Um, he goes in and he gets his way and he finds his way back into the back office and he opens up that locker, the locker from the previous chapter. And in it is the the Bonnie costume just like yeah. standing there. And then it jumps out at him and tackles him to the ground. Um, and there's there's a fight. It breaks his arm and then throws him against the wall. And he's basically, you know, arm broken, out of breath against the wall. And the Bonnie cost the the Bonnie, the yellow Bonnie draws a knife and he just has these terrified final thoughts of what the what is going on here as he gets stabbed to death (coughs) by the yellow Bonnie. (laughs) Yeah, so two thirds <laughs> into the book, we've got our first death. We got our first death. Uh, in in within the pages of the book, Officer Dunn. It's at a it's at one to that kill kill count. One yeah, there for we Dunn. go. <laughs> I think that's too much to ask. A few deaths in a horror book, even a kid's horror book. Christ. Yeah. So uh, Dunn is dead. Um, it's a big old so, rap on Dunn. We're done with Dunn. We're done with done. That's picture. <laughs> That's high quality comedy writing right there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Charlie and John 
go back to her old house again yeah. because John is just sure. addicted to being the guy for Charlie. You know, John is addicted to being there for you. I'm there, there for, for you. you. I'm John. I'm John, and I'm there for you. I'm Listen, for if you. if they wanted to make John an interesting character, uh, he just they would have just made him. If they <laughs> just would have made him Jess from Gilmore Girls. I mean, come on, come on. Would it be too much to ask, like, to, for him to not just be constantly embracing you when you're a little worried about a little something? Like, yeah, yeah. just make him, just make him Jess from Gilmore Girls. Give just, him some just, development. Just oh put in, God. get, get, you know, Milo Ventimiglia in here, yeah. and he'll he'll take care of the yeah. part for I you. I know he's way older now, but still, we'll just we'll. Just, I know he's we'll, way older now. Just he'll, he's, we, he'll play seventeen year old. It'll be fine. Everyone will love 40 it. Forty something. Yeah. How old is Milo Ventimiglia? I mean, point? he's got to be my Christ. age at least. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Uh, I admire that uh, you can just say that name like that. I guess it yeah. comes with having an Italian wife. <laughs> He was he was born in 1977. So okay, okay. So yeah, he's, he's 45. 40, 45, yeah. 45, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he's five years older than me. Okay. Uh, it's an older meme, sir, but it checks out. <laughs> um, John accompanies Charlie back to her house. Um, and this is, I mean, so far I've liked this chunk of chapters mm-hmm. a lot more than the first chunk of chapters oh, that we've read. It, there's no comparison. Absolutely. But this segment in Charlie's house is the worst part of it. This um, is pretty bad. It's super boring. And I'm not even sure there, there's not even a clear motivation as why they went back to the house again. Mm-hmm. They just went. Um, yeah, they just go. They just go. So they're talking about, you know, the stuff in in Charlie's room. Charlie's going through her dad's uh, documents Mm -hmm. um, to see if they can find anything. Um, John, like, oversteps his bounds at one point um, when he admits to Charlie, like, oh, yeah, everybody thought your dad killed these kids. Yeah, you know, I have a problem with this section, by the way, because she says, what did people think of my dad? All we've talked about is like child we've murder. Had, we've had a lot of talk about child murder. We've had a lot of talk about it being at her dad's restaurant. We've had a lot of like implication on her dad being, uh, you know, involved some way. A lot never said out loud, but a lot of implication. And she asks John, "What did people think of my dad?" And he says, "I believe very naturally, yeah, there were some people who thought maybe he did it." And she freaks out this had freaks never it never occurred to her apparently like it's like that, that maybe people suspected and and he's like what did you think i'm what did you mean and she's like i just wanted to know if you thought people liked him or something like well that's completely useless information to ask for at a time like this charlie so what charlie fuck? what are you what are you just be a little clearer charlie right <laughs> she 
flips out. It's just like, I didn't know people thought that he maybe was a murderer. And then she kind of steps it back because he goes, I, I thought that you might know that. She goes, I did. I just didn't want to know. Really. She's like, I thought he could have done it too. And right, he, John's right. like, John's like, what the fuck? And John turns <laughs> on her. <laughs> She's like, I also thought so. And he goes, well, that's kind of fucked up. She's like, fuck you. It's the weirdest emotional back and forth. Uh, it, it's it's so strange. It's like, and I agree. We get back to a point where I'm like, I, 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 this is this is getting back into shit town USA here uh, with yeah. some of this writing. <laughs> yeah, this this is a little bit weak. This 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 whole segment. Um, so we do weird. find out. We do find out how he killed himself. Yes, maybe kind of. It, that he had one of his animatronics stab him to death or something like that. Right. Just, that's kind of like I, the implication of the way it's written. It's not explicit. Um, yeah. But basically, but, but, but why the fuck did she see it? Yeah. Yeah. Why wasn't that like cordoned off or whatever? Why would they let her back into the house? Right. Yeah. I don't. She's a, she's a kid. They sneak around. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of random and weird. Yeah, that uh, was unless a weird. that's a setup for something else down the line. Because we've had some really weird landmines set up for us before with this book. Maybe that's one of them. Sure. Too. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they 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 talk about the yellow rabbit. They're like, yeah. who who's in the suit? There's somebody, there's a guy in the suit. And John's like, yeah, there was a yellow rabbit the day Michael went missing. And they're starting to put put some pieces together. I feel yeah. like they could have put some of these pieces together sooner. Way but sooner. <laughs> you, you you get what you get with, yeah. with you know, um, with the public education system. In, in, <laughs> in Hurricane wherever. In Hurricane where, Utah. What, do we, Utah. Is it Utah? Where do we? Where, it's Utah. It's Utah. Okay. I don't, that was never clear to me. Okay, yeah. Utah, cool. I guess. So they go to the they go to the library, um, and they get they start they start working through some uh, microfilm. They meet a very helpful librarian, overly weirdly overly helpful librarian, overly helpful, and also she's like have fun and is like winks at them as if they're gonna make out in the microfilm. Yeah, was that the implication? Like she's like, I know you guys are gonna finger each other in the microfiche room. Like, Jesus lady. You guys ready to micro finger bang? <laughs> That's where you only use your little toe. God damn it. That <laughs> grossed me out. <laughs> I don't think I fully appreciated the implications of what I was suggesting until it no. was fully out of my mouth. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, I, so that's it. That's the end of the podcast. That's so we we thank you all for joining us for we this. Thank long. you all for joining us. Kevin and I will not um, be speaking to each other ever again. Ever again. <laughs> um, so they. They start looking through the papers. They 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 start with 1979, um, and then they do some math and figure it has to be in the first part of 1982 or something mm -hmm. like, or the second half of 1982 rather. Yeah. <coughs> um, and they start scrolling through, and they find they find the article, and Charlie's like, 
And John starts reading the article and Charlie's like, no, don't, I don't need to hear the article. Just tell me if there's anything interesting in it. Um, because John was about to be like, in November of yeah. 1982, a yeah. little boy was murdered. His name was Sammy, and he was your brother, Charlie. <laughs> here's a graphic description of it. Here's hope a this graphic is hope description. God, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, uh, Charlie's like, no, 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 just tell me if there's anything interesting. Um, and they find out um, there's something really interesting, is that there was a co-owner with Charlie's dad at the Fred Bear Pizzeria. And it was, it was, they see the picture and they, the, the, they do the whole, is that? Couldn't be. It is. Yeah. So let's fast forward and assume that it's the fucking security guard. Uh, (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, the audience has a lot of pieces of information already, so you don't need to hide it. It turned out it was Clayton's mom. Like, okay. Carlton, Carlton, Smart. Carlton, sure, yeah, whatever. Clayton, <laughs> Clayton, Clayton. Uh, Carlton. Yeah, um, that's that's the Clayton Ravine. Uh, Clara Clayton went down uh, when when the when the stagecoach ran ran away. And what? It's a Back to the Future Part Three reference. <laughs> you gotta you gotta hang in there. I was going to get you there, man. I was going to get you there. <laughs> you just had to trust in me and hold on tight. Clayton Ravine. <laughs> Everybody's favorite Back to the Future. Everybody's Three. favorite Back to the Future. The one where they go into the Old West. Right. And, yeah. Uh, we were begging and, for that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Marla interrupts their 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 uh, microfilm session. And uh, microfilm wink session. Wink, if you know what I mean. And uh, she basically says, uh, Jason has gone missing. Uh, and Jason, basically, they assume Jason has gone back to the mall uh, to look for Carlton because uh, he was sick of everyone's shit yeah. because no one was believing what his his version of events of what happens. Very bravely marched into the mouth of hell. And that's going to, yeah, I'm sure that's going to work out great, kid. It's going to wor- work out great for him. And that's yeah. that's it for, for our this coverage is, tonight. And this is and this is the chapter, by the way, where John officially becomes my least favorite character in this entire yeah. book. Because John is like, he's the dude who like when a girl is even halfway stressed about something, like he has to like hold you close and embrace you. Uh, He's always trying to comfort the women in this book, especially Charlie. And I will get full credit to our author uh, authors uh, on more than one occasion, the women like rebuff him. uh, Right. Like we get a couple of moments, at least at least one, maybe more than one, where Charlie's like, "Dude, I don't fucking want to hug." And then here, where Marla like breaks it and she's like, "Jason's missing," and it literally describes him going, "Oh, I'm so sorry," like going in to hug her. And she's like, "Get the fuck off me! I don't want a back rub. What is your problem?" Like he's right. such a creepy dude. I just yeah, officially over John. I don't. Know. I'm not a fan of John. Um, I feel like we have some other characters that could probably use a little bit more fleshing out than 
than John. Than, um, than Mr. Nice Guy Poet John. Yeah. I don't think we need John in our lives. So we were talking a little bit before the show that um, it really does feel like this is a book that has been padded to all hell. Yeah, yeah, big time. And my theory was that uh, was here's here's my working theory is is Scott Cawthon has like he has these lore things that he's already developed and he's like, all right. And he goes to the to the author, uh, Kira Breed Reesley, and is like, all right, here's the things we got to connect all these dots together. And I just imagine her saying something like, OK, I can do that in a and in like a 180 page novella, you know, really tight. Mm -hmm. Boom. And he's like, no, Scholastic wants this to be like 400 pages minimum. Right. And so she's like, OK, and just starts jamming, you know, extended scenes into right. the book. It's it's <laughs> it's like when you get a DVD, remember those uh, of a movie or something. And you, it, when when DVDs were first coming out and, the, and you know, they were like really pushing like they've got extended scenes and deleted scenes and, you know, all that stuff. And we were all so pumped. And then as a nation, we collectively learned that there's a reason you cut a lot of those scenes. <laughs> there aren't there right. aren't a lot of moments in those movies or TV shows that were like, oh, rats, we should have had that part in there. And that's just what this is. It's just all of those scenes that should have, you know, hit the cutting room floor. But Scholastic wanted this to look like a big boy book. And right. I, I, I think you're right. I think that must be what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of kind of where I'm I'm landing on that. I mean, it's yeah. it's this is this is beyond this is after, you know, Scholastic had a big hit with Harry Potter and Harry Potter kept getting beefier and beefier. Yeah. And then there's all this other YA stuff that was like 400 pages long. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, that must be it. And it's so frustrating because. You nailed it last episode. You said you you said you'd read ahead a little bit, and you had a suspicion that maybe they should have started this book at chapter five. And yeah, because this is the chapter where I start to go. This was this section. This this the middle third of this book is where I start to go. Oh, our author can actually write. Like this actually has some moments, some genuinely unsettling moments. Yeah, some it's got some juice. Development. It's got some juice. Like it's not. Shakespeare, but it's not garbage either. And and how many people do you suppose got through? You can't expect a person. We have a podcast and, and we literally canceled this podcast for years because we couldn't get through the first 140 pages or so because it's so mind-bendingly boring and padded. How many people like tried to get to, you know, never got to any of the quote unquote good stuff because of how shitty an opening third of the book is like, it's, it's yeah. a real shame. It's a real shame. It is a shame. It's not like, and it's not like a, books are unlike movies where, you know, you can have a 90 minute movie where the first 30 minutes are like, meh, but mm. then if the last 60 minutes kick ass, yeah, it doesn't it's it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good movie. It's a little slow at the start, but it gets better. Right. Um, but the book books, requires so much more of you. It requires so much dedication to kind of yeah. sit there and and parse through and all that stuff. And if you're not 
if you're not hitting right out the gate, um, then then honestly, that's 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 something I've noticed is that I will read a, a mediocre book for longer if the opening was tight. If it had yeah. a really good opening, I will put aside the fact for for a while that I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is kind of losing steam. Yeah. Um, there's been a few books over the past year that I've like given up on because but I gave up on them. I feel like way too late because it was like you were waiting like, for something the opening to was too good. Yeah. And I it kind of it kind of covered up the writing on the wall of like, oh, it was a really good opening. But the author doesn't really know where to go beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and a lot of writers have got a great opening in them. There yeah. are some really I actually took a course at uh, in grad school that was literally called writing the first chapter. And it all it was about was all we all the reading we did was first chapters of novels and our full assignment by the end of it uh, was to write the first chapter of a novel. And because that's so critical in yeah. even getting an agent or a publisher to read more, it's even more like the first five pages uh, yeah. because they get so much garbage. Uh, so yeah, it, and this is, this is, I, I can't think of the last time I've had a book where it's like the opposite problem like this. Right. It usually is far more like what you said. Like you get a, you get a really strong opener and then it just drags and you have to quit or, you know, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. It's, and honestly, you guys, you being the audience have heard this on the podcast you've heard us be enthralled with a book mm-hmm. in the opening in the opening moments and then just slowly it starts to to get a little lackluster by like, the end i mean i want to say diablo oh, uh yeah. diablo was 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 one um uh bloodborne was another one where the first the opening two graphic novels were mwah, chef's kiss and then Absolutely. the last two uh were worse and worse um so yeah, this it it happens, and it's it's already been on this podcast. So if if we get something that ha- that's in reverse, that the final third of this book is absolutely kick ass, um, we'll let know, you know. It, <laughs> we'll let you know. Obviously, next week you'll hear it. Yeah. We don't want this um, to be bad. We want this to no, be good. No, uh, I would love I would love to be proven wrong. Absolutely, I, I think um, that's the thing. It's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating because. We've reached a point where you're like, this is good. Where was this? Why were you high? Why are you, what are you buttering me up for? Like, Where was give, this stuff Yeah, in the first third? This is not a short <laughs> book. It's a pretty long book. And you're not, people aren't going to finish it. The only people, the people, and you know what? We talked last week about. Uh, Goodreads. I was like going. I was like the oh, why the score is so high? I was it's, like, how is this score so high? It's hilarious. It's because you've got this army of people who probably didn't read the book or read it and just kind of mindlessly, you know, gave it five stars because they love everything FNAF. Uh, but when you keep reading, it's like five stars or one star. It oh, is. Wow. It, it is the. It is an insane ratio. Because is there a lot of is there a lot of DNF uh, reviews? Yeah. Not oh, finish? yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. and it, it's it's wild how many uh, people are just the people. If it's, it's it's a little like the Bible, the people who actually <laughs> read the fucking thing are not fans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, it's yeah. it's frustrating. It, it's got there's something to it. There's some juice there, and and yeah. and I I can only hope that that the final third yeah. proves to be worth it. Right. In the end. And I so so I I don't think we'll see about the final third. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's ever it's ever going to get to the point where I can call this like uh, uh, just a really fantastic piece of fiction. No. Um, uh, or even a good piece of fiction. I think it'll <laughs> yeah. it will get to the point where I could say where I can say there is a good story in it, mm-hmm. and it needed to be it needed to be coaxed out a little bit more. It Absolutely. needed to be edited down. It needed to be tightened up. Um, but I don't think I don't think the people in charge were interested in that. No. No, is no, what no. I'm going to assume. I don't think Scholastic was, and I don't think Scott Cawthon w- were no. was uh, you, either. When you've so. got this many hands, you've got this many fingers in the pie, this many cooks in the kitchen. It's you're not coming out with with a masterpiece. That's just all there's to. Yeah, yeah. So uh, with that all said, um, what are you playing and oh. or reading? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm still playing Uncharted. Uh, uh, oh, know, okay. As, as the computer, uh, as my, my my gaming rig gets fixed up and, and pert and shiny, uh, I've been really enjoying playing Uncharted. Not even necessarily because it's this great, tight video game. It's not bad. Uh, and I'm sure when it came out, uh, it, was, it was an even better example of what it was trying to do. I find the controls can be a little clunky. The fights can be a little weirdly set up. Like there's this scene where uh, you're riding a, a, a jet ski through this river that winds this ancient temple. Uh, I think it's like an Incan thing. It's very cool. It's right. very pretty. Uh, and cool. you're either You're either like screaming across on this thing and then you have to stop uh, and aim and kill bad guys and blow up, uh, you know, red barrels and shit. Uh, but you can't do both at once. You can't fire and move at the same time. So there's no real run and gun shit. And it just, it feels awkward. There are moments like that. Um, it's still really good, but it's, it's, it's starting to show its age in my opinion. Yeah. And, um, but I'm still really, really enjoying my time with it simply because there is this, and I know it's not something that console people want to hear all that, much because you know console people want to be taken seriously uh seriously seriously yeah and uh which is fine uh i like consoles i don't think they're lesser than a pc necessarily but there is something very appealing and very gratifying that i had almost forgotten about in just laying back and playing a console game like just throwing it on and you know sitting there with your controller and just chilling out and playing this fun platformer shooty game that's got a snarky sense of humor. It's it, it's uh, Uncharted is like this is the experience you expect from a console, right? And yeah. and uh, it, it's it's just it, it's it's giving me very old school like Xbox vibes of like the yeah. how I used to play games in college and shit and and right. I'm, I'm really the big experience. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm really yeah, the enjoying spectacle. that aspect. It's like the summer tent poles type of type of vibe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a blockbuster, and and I'm really digging that feeling that it's giving me, and and that's that's pretty important to me. Uh, right. I'm almost finished reading uh, 
After the Revolution by Robert Evans, uh, who okay. many people probably know better as the host of Behind the Bastards. Okay. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, uh, my fiance got it for me as an anniversary present uh, because he was, uh, she listens to his show. And uh, when it was pre-order, you could pre-order it and he would sign it for you. And so I have a sign. Oh, nice. I collect signed books and first editions. And I love it. Uh, yeah. And I'm finally reading it. And it's great because it takes place in 2070. It's this post Civil War America. And so like Texas is its own country. And uh, they, they, they've referred to like the king of Albuquerque. Like it's like its own <laughs> tiny monarchy. California is its own country. The Pacific yeah. Northwest is its own thing. They're called Cascadia. The Northeast is this kind of uh, secular country. And the South is uh, called like uh, the United Christian States of America or something. <laughs> it's it's really smart. It's amazing. F- yeah. And and Robert Evans, if you know anything about his career, he's a fascinating guy. Uh, he ha- has been a wartime correspondent in some hairy fucking places. Uh, he, he has he has been in the shit and uh, and has written about it. And a lot of the stuff he writes about is very clearly based on stuff that has actually happened. Like one of the characters is a girl who has been quietly radicalized on the internet and wants to join up with this Christian um, extremist group that is trying to, you know, create their own uh, extremist Christian nation. And, and uh, it's all very true to life in terms of like, well, that's very similar to how uh, Al Qaeda works. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of that stuff that's like very real and it can put a chill down your spine. Uh, but it's also a science fiction book, so you've got these right. post-human uh, characters who are have, who have like literal nanobots in their blood and 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 uh, and like you know carbon fiber laced skeletons, and they're effectively immortal. And uh, there are they are always high and drunk because it's the only way they can fucking deal with the world. And they <laughs> and they're like one of them literally goes around wearing nothing but red chaps with his dick hanging out all the time. And <laughs> it's and they live. There's this anarchist free roaming city that's like literally on wheels, I think, called Rolling Fuck. Uh, like it's, it's, and, and it's hilarious because they say, why do you call your city Rolling Fuck? And they said, because. When you give it too stately a name, people start taking it too seriously, and that's where all the trouble starts. And you're like, oh, that's uh, pretty smart, actually. Interesting. So you've got this, like, really smart, thoughtful, um, you know, like, like this could happen here kind of shit in there. And then you've got, like, a guy literally having his arm blown off right. and picking it up and holding it up to his shoulder stump uh, so that the nanobots can, can attach it back on. And like and vomiting up a bag of oxycodone that he like kept in like a pouch in his stomach and swallowing all the pills so he could just be high during a war. It's bonkers. <laughs> it's pure chaos and really, really good. It's called After the Revolution, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm I think I'm yeah, I'm like a hundred pages from being finished and I'm really enjoying it. I, I highly recommend it. Hey there, Editor Kevin here. Uh, My mic started acting a little weird after this point on the show, so we're just going to cut that chunk right out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please come back next week where we finish off our coverage of Five Nights at Freddy's The Silver Eyes. If you can, 
Please rate us five stars on your podcast platform of choice and check out our website, pixelitpod.com, where we post transcripts to every episode and have links to our Steam Curator page and our Discord. Have a good night, everybody.